No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Uh, today is Monday, June twenty second, and we are just getting started with our twenty two man guillotine league. Uh, it's raising funds for a organization within downtown Minneapolis. So excited about that. You can follow me on Twitter at Tight Ends Matter. And joined with me, as always, is my co-host, Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Glad, glad to be back. Uh, before we get the, the show started, I want to give a very special shout-out to um, one of our uh, members, Maddie Cool. His new co-commissioner, Camille, is the one who did an awesome job of designing our new show's logo that's going to be featured on this week's podcast. So we're going to take that design, we're going to put that on a couple of hats and some hoodies, and we're going to uh, create some more, more giveaways for uh, the, the leagues that we've already created, the D-League, the Twin Cities Guillotine, the Do-Over League, and the uh, future Guillotine Leagues that we're going to create for more uh, fundraising opportunities. So thanks a lot again, Camille, for uh, the awesome design. We're very excited um, to be making that a official part of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Yeah, yeah, the new logo is awesome. I, I showed it to uh, Kelsey, my wife, the, the night that uh, you got that uh, version of it from Camille, and she thought it was good, too. Um, so it's always good to get approval from, from the actual bosses, um, but it's, it, it's, it's an awesome logo. So thanks again, Camille, for making that. Uh, we'll be sure to send you either uh, a hat or a hoodie, whatever we uh, end up giving out to, to our team members. So appreciate that. Well, we got a ton of stuff to go over in today's show, Tom. Uh, but one thing I did want to mention is I talked about my tight end opportunity model that was going to be coming out and that I got slammed at work with all this Corona stuff. Uh, but I've, I'm in between some projects uh, the next three weeks. So I'm going to be wrapping up that model and then posting a lot of my findings on Twitter, uh, but it's a really cool model. It combines both team opportunity with player analysis. Um, so we, I'll talk more about that on our next show, but I, I'm really excited to uh, uh, jump in deep and find some breakout tight ends, especially for league formats that have the tight end premium scoring, which is be looking to uh, become a lot more popular. Yeah, I know. I know there's a lot of users that have been looking forward to that model. So you, you got you got to get on top of that. You got got to give the people what what they want. Yeah, yeah, I've been slacking, but it's it's coming, guys. I appreciate your patience. <laughs> well, uh, for this week's show, we're going to be talking about the first two rounds of the 22 man guillotine league: Debo Samuel, Damian Harris, and Carryon Johnson. So let's get the uh, the show started off talking about uh, Debo. So I know you are a Debo owner in, in some fantasy leagues. So right now, um, what would you be selling Debo for? Um, how much you, would you be paying him for paying for him? Yeah, um, there's a lot of people that are saying now's the time to target Debo. And I, I think if you're playing in a dynasty league, you're a pretty savvy uh, fantasy player. And if, if you've got Debo, I think you should um, run with all the production you got last year. And, and try to sell high. So if there's any opportunity where you can get a future first round pick, I would go out and try to uh, acquire that pick uh, solely because 
I had Debo in almost all of my dynasty uh, leagues, and I only own him in one now, and that was one where I actually got to pick him up out of free agency. All my other leagues, I actually traded him away, and it's because of his injury history. He actually had multiple season-ending injuries um, throughout his college career, and he, I, I love what he does on the field, but he plays super hard, and I don't think this is going to be the last time that we see him um, with this injury. So he did come out and say he thinks he's going to be ready for the regular season. And uh, it, it, comparing him to some other players that have had these previous injuries, that's definitely a possibility. But I think that he'd be kind of brought along slow. Um, and then they've they've got George Kittle, who I think is the one guy from that team you should be trying to acquire after, after this. Uh, but they still have one of the best defenses, and they want to run the ball. So I, I think Debo's going to be used more sparingly, at least for the first half of the season. And then the second half, that's when we might actually see Brandon Ayuk uh, come out and play a little bit stronger. Uh, r- rookie wide receivers are always kind of slow to get going. Uh, but right when Ayuk kind of finds his footing, that might be when Debo comes back. And then best case scenario, they might kind of uh, cancel each other out. So if, if I had Debo in any other leagues, I'd be trying to package a third or something with him to try to get a first-round pick, uh, assuming that I've got wide receivers that I, that I can still play. Yeah, I like I like the take. I I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I know neither of us are um, big uh, big fans of uh, Jimmy G down there in in San Francisco, um, and they, they're going to try to try to run the ball and move uh, move move the ball through uh, George Kittle as their their top target there so I, I think I think Debo it like we talked about in previous podcasts he he was definitely um, at his ceiling last season and and this broken foot is only going to cement that but there, there's no way he's going to be able to come into 2020 and repeat or um, perform better than than he did his his rookie season so if you can still sell him right now and, and try to get that feature first I uh, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. Even if uh, if you didn't have your your rookie draft yet this season, if you could sell him for a late first, I think you could get a Justin Jefferson or a T Higgins or Michael Pittman, which I would be more comfortable with uh, playing in my my lineup this season as well. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. A lot of us have already had our rookie drafts, so if you can flip Debo for one of those guys you just mentioned, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Those guys are going to be on the field. Um, and, and I think that all three of those guys have a better chance of seeing more snaps than Debo solely because of his injury. And this is the type of injury that about half the time it does require that second surgery. So if Debo comes out on a limited basis and starts to get eased back into 60, 70, 80% of the snaps, and then if he experiences any setback, they might just say, hey, let's pull the plug on the season. Uh, let's get that second surgery so he can be with us uh, at 100% next year. So your 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 best case scenario, uh, you're looking at a really limited version of what Debo was able to do last year. So uh, if that if that's any uh, icing to add on to what I had just said. Yeah, and uh, to uh, uh, talk about the future too. If if he does come back and he looks like the old Debo, then in 2021, that's when you can try to use it a late first or, or an early second and talk about his, his previous injury history and then try to acquire him there. But um, I, I think we're in agreement. I think right now there's just too much risk in this uh, run first offense to be 
um, trying to hold on to Debo if you can if you can sell him for for a future first. So uh, the next guy that I want to talk about who's getting quite a bit of buzz in the the dynasty community is uh, Damian Harris, the second year running back for the the Patriots. How do you feel about Damian Harris this season? Yeah, I've got Damian in just two leagues. Um, if if I could again try to package him for a first, I'd I'd like to do that. He was taken last year at the end of the, of uh, the first round of a lot of rookie drafts, and I just want to stay away from the Patriots' backfield. I think this last decade, if there's one thing we can uh, count on, it's going to be uh, Belichick just giving us a headache every single week. I wouldn't be surprised if Burkhead is the starter and has three touchdowns this season. I think they open up against Miami, and then we might see uh, Sony come in, James White, of course. I mean, just just the list goes on and on. There's some undrafted rookies that are competing for touches right now, and those are the kind of guys that Belichick likes. So um, this is probably the highest you're going to be able to sell Damian Harris. He's a, a previous Alabama running back, so he's coming from a really good system. But it's really concerning that he wasn't able to get onto the field as a rookie when Sony Michelle was able to get onto the field as a rookie. So you can say the Patriots have a complicated playbook, which they, they probably do. But if he wasn't able to find um, his way onto the field when all the other backs experienced injuries at one point, uh, I think he's got a really, really limited ceiling. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love the take. Um, Patriots backfield is something that I, I thought I'd be able to maneuver through last year. And I, I drafted a lot of the Patriots running backs um, at, at value, or at least I thought I did. And af- after playing that game for an entire year, um, I was lucky enough to sell most of uh, my Patriots running backs before Tom Brady signed with uh, the Buccaneers because, um, you know, a couple of years ago with, with Brady and Gronk, defenses had to um, respect Brady. So the, uh, the red zone opportunities turned into a lot of touchdowns. Um, from the uh, the rushing game, which I think they're going to be settling for a lot more field goals. There's going to be less uh, rushing touchdown opportunities for the the Patriots in, in 2020. So I am also staying away from um, Damian Harris or any other New England uh, running back this year. And I know it's cliche to say, but I guess all of our takes can't be, be hot takes. So if you did have, have Damian Harris, would you be trying to sell him for a, a mid or a late second or would you hold on to him at that point? Um, I guess if I hadn't had a rookie draft yet, if I could get a high second, I would do that. Um, I think, I think a, a mid second they're they're going to, you're going to be getting a running back um, similar to uh, who's, who's a guy that, that we've been seeing go mid, middle of the second round. I think, I think um, like a, a Darrington Evans. Yeah, so you're going to be getting a guy like that who's going to have about the same opportunity. So if you like Darrington Evans, uh, a, a player like that, then I, I think that's fine. But if anybody's coming to you for Damian Harris, I think you can squeeze a little bit more out of him. Maybe have him throw a third round on, on top of that or something. Yeah, I uh, I, I think uh, this is another player that, that we agree on right now to try to stay away from and if you own them sell them right now while uh, he's getting quite a bit of buzz. The uh, the last running back that I wanted to talk about is uh, on Johnson. So uh, on played 10 games his rookie season in 2018, and he played in just eight games last season. So last season was when there was a lot of hype that he was going to be getting 
um, anywhere from 80 to 100 targets in the passing game. So he was he was being uh, drafted as a, a top 10 running back. However, he did get hurt again. Um, the uh, Detroit Lions went out, spent an early second round pick on DeAndre Swift, who was rated as a lot of uh, the uh, draft experts' favorite running back. Um, but Kerryon Johnson is only 22 years old, and he, he was a very productive running back in college. So if he's able to stay healthy, I think, unlike the, the previous two players that, that we've talked about, I think Kerryon Johnson – is is a buy if you're if you're able to get him at the at the right price. How much would uh would you be willing to spend on carry on Johnson before the 2020 season? Well, good. I'm glad we found a player we can disagree on. Um, I think the addition of DeAndre Swift with a defense that's going to be giving up a lot of points. I think we'll see Swift by week six or seven uh, on the field more often than not with the Lions playing catch up, especially in the division that they're playing in. Um, and then e- even the Bears, who aren't very competitive, they still have a really good defense. So even when the Lions face them, they're going to want to throw them some different looks. And I think Swift is going to be the most dynamic back um, in that backfield. So I would be trying to get rid- get out of the, the carry-on uh, business. So if I could get a couple of seconds for him, I would do that. I just think because of his injuries, he's, he's not necessarily a pass catcher. And even if he was, that's uh, going to be the role for Swift. And they've seen with the amount of volume that they've given him two season ending injuries. So I don't think he ever exceeds more than 12 to 15 carries a game. So I think he's going to be pretty limited and this is going to be a split backfield immediately. I think the highest upside would be the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram season. We saw a couple of years ago with him being the, the Mark Ingram version of that, but that, uh, that offense is never going to be close to what the saints was. Um, so I would be, I'd be selling carry on for what I can. Um, but maybe you hold him. still those first few weeks before he gets hurt and he's really um, explosive, you, maybe you can, maybe you can squeeze out a first for him too. Well, I think with, uh, with carry on, I, I guess I'd be, I'd be trying to trade for him to try to play the uh, long game. I didn't realize that he was only 20 years old when he got drafted. So now that he's, he's 22, when he, uh, um, comes to the end of his, his rookie contract, I think he could he could sign as a, a starting running back again now that the, the Lions are going to move on from DeAndre Swift. And and the, the Lions are, are just notorious for however many years it, it was in a row since Reggie Bush without having a, a running back that, that could top 100 rushing yards. So if Kerryon Johnson can find himself in a, in a better backfield for his second contract, I think he would definitely be be worth giving up a, an early to uh, mid second round for for this season. So I think uh, Carryon's a guy that I would I'd buy now and and hope that in in twenty twenty two he's got a more uh, significant role on a, a better rushing offense. So we we were mentioning early to mid uh, second round rookie running backs being taken in rookie drafts, and the the name that escaped me was was Zach Moss. Would you rather draft Zach Moss or carry on Johnson in a, in a startup? That is pretty close. I think I would go, I think I would, I would go with carry on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's close. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd probably go carry on as well, I, but I'm a, I'm a Singletary guy. I think Moss is more of a handcuff. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think that's pretty close, though. 
Yeah, so, I think yeah. I think Moss is, is more of a more of a banger, and and Singletary, despite having having a poor forty time, I think he's more elusive in in the backfield than than people give him credit for. So I th- I think Singletary is is definitely um, one of the most underrated starting running backs. Where a, a lot of people are worried about a 50-50 timeshare with Zach Moss or Zach Moss um, supplanting him, but I think I think Singletary will get at least sixty percent of the carries in twenty twenty two and will be the main receiving option back there too. Um, so I, I that, that that's part of the reason why I would push Zach Moss back between uh, him and, and carry on. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, moving on to our 22-man uh, guillotine league. Um, so this is a super flex league. Did you want to talk about some of the, the details before we go into the um, what happened in the first two rounds? Yeah, it, just to recap um, the format, it's super flex, like you mentioned, as well as tight end premium. Uh, it's a half-point scoring league, so tight ends will get an additional half-point per reception. Uh, so it kind of elevates those those uh, top-tier tight ends. Um, 22 teams, and you start one of every position, no kickers or defense. So you get a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, a flex, and a super flex. So uh, with it being a 22-man super flex, uh, you can imagine quarterbacks are pretty valuable. So what did, what did we see the first couple of rounds, Tom? So after the first two rounds, um, there were 15 teams that selected one quarterback. There was one team that actually went um, both rounds without selecting any quarterbacks, and six teams including um, you and myself that drafted two quarterbacks. So I think the, uh, the strategy of um, taking two quarterbacks in the first two rounds is playing it safe. So I don't think um, you or I have the highest upside of, of scoring the most points in, uh, in the first week here. But the, uh, the point is to uh, just not, not come in last place and get, get eliminated. So it's kind of the, the old saying, you don't have to be um, the, the fastest one. You have to be faster than, than the bear or, or however that goes. So the, the bear attacks somebody else. So I'm looking yeah. at my, I'm looking at the draft here and trying to multitask. So that, that, that came out completely butchered, but you, you get what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not going to die first. Yeah. I, somewhere you're taking a stab at Chicago bear fans, I think. So I can, I can appreciate that. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I think I, – I, I would disagree a little bit, though. I think having two quarterbacks, uh, that, that does give you some upside. And we still see um, a lot of high-end players. We just started the, the third round. Um, we saw uh, Kenny Galladay go, and then I just took Zach Ertz, who to me has a very high chance of finishing as the tight end one, as the Eagles don't have um, any wide receivers that are proven. I, I love Rager. Um, but like like we said earlier, rookie wide receivers take a little bit to get going, and then everybody else on that team has been hurt. Um, Zach Ertz has led the team for a number of years in targets. So, um, but before him, we saw Kittle and Kelsey go. So there's still a handful of good tight ends, um, but there's also um, at least half the league starting running backs, lots of superstar wide receivers out there. So I think if you've got two quarterbacks, uh, you've still got you've still got upside with with guys that might get you 20 to 30 points each week um, in this scoring format. And then there's still plenty of, plenty of talented players out there. So what do you think the strategy 
is now. To me, I think um, I don't have a wide receiver or a running back yet, so I'm going to be looking at tiers. And if there's a tier three or tier four wide receiver, I'm probably going to prioritize that over running back. But if I see a starting running back make its way to me, um, I might have to go um, running back, even though it is a half point PPR league. What, what are you What are you leaning towards this this third round? Well, I'm uh, I'm in the middle of uh, I, I think I started with the, the number seven or the the number eight pick. Um, so I think right now I am looking to see if a um, a uh, receiving running back uh, makes its way to me. I know Miles Sanders just just came off the board, but I believe Josh Jacobs is still available. Even though I'm not a big big Raiders fan, I think um, drafting a running back that kind of has the the dual purpose um, skill position to uh, um, give you kind of the, that floor, um, even if he doesn't put up a bunch of points in the in the rushing game, would be helpful. Otherwise, yeah, I I, I think either going with uh, one of the last remaining good tight ends or uh, taking one of those uh, receivers that should get a lot of targets is, is the way to go. So I, this is uh, both of our, our first time or first year doing a gay team league, correct? You haven't done one in the past? Yeah, that, that's correct. It's brand new. So the only thing that I wanted to look into before was seeing which teams had an early bye week. Um, so the, the first two teams, they're on a bye it's week five, and that is the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions. So go- going into the tr- into the draft, I already decided that those are um, two of the three teams that I'm, I'm going to be staying away from. So no matter which players, if, if Aaron Jones is available to me in the middle of the third, I think he's a great running back for 2020. But I think losing out on that, that player in, in week five when there's still going to be 19 teams remaining – um, could be pretty devastating. So is there is there anything that you looked into um, like that before we started the draft? Yeah, you mentioned that to me, so I looked a little bit deeper. Of course, you you uh, always factor in bye weeks just a little bit, um, but not too much in, in regular leagues. But this one, um, you make a good point, especially if your strategy is you're going to try to reserve your fab for the second half of the season. Um, if, if you're confident you're going to make it that far, then you don't want to be dealing with bye weeks with your quarterback or one of your, your top three picks. Um, so I made the same decision to stay away. Uh, a couple of teams of note, I think it's the Saints and the Bucks that have the week 13 bye. Um, maybe not the Saints, but I know the Bucks. No, it was the, uh, the Panthers. Yep. Um, so those are two teams that have a huge advantage. So I didn't take... Brady, I, I took Daniel Jones and Ryan Tannehill. I feel like they both offer weak winning performances, and they're they're on teams that uh, they're going to spread the ball around a little bit. Of course, Tennessee's going to be a little more run heavy, um, but I think the team that got Brady in the second round, that's a huge advantage. Uh, they don't have a clear starting running back, and Brady's going to want to prove that he can uh, still compete with the best. And not to mention that they open up against the Saints, so he should be good for at least two or three touchdowns. Uh, but I think considering those types of players, I, I think that uh, you're going to be looking at some some uh, clear advantages once it's all said and done. There's going to be a handful of teams that have two or three guys on by uh, within the first six or seven weeks. And then if you've got teams that don't have any buys until after week nine or ten, they're going to be they're going to be looking good where they can still throw five to ten bucks. At a, at a fat bid 
if if uh, if there's a player of moderate interest, but they can really save their fab um, for once a lot of the superstars start getting dropped. Yeah, I think those are those are all uh, all good points and all important things to uh, consider. Um, I know I mentioned the uh, the Packers and the Lions. The last team that I'm um, completely staying away from is the uh, New England Patriots. So we already talked about how much of a mess their backfield is. Uh, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is going to be yet. It's going to be Stidham or Hoyer. And there's still the, the rumor floating around that, that Cam Newton might sign there. Um, this, this is probably going to be another run first offense with the running back by committee. Uh, the, the defense got a lot stronger during the draft after they're already the, the number one fantasy football defense in 2019. So I think there's going to be a lot of close games. It's going to be a lot of boring, low-scoring games um, for the for the Patriots. So that's that's one last team I'm I'm staying away from. Is, is there any other teams that uh that we didn't talk about that you're you're staying away from this draft? No, not not that I can think of. I think those are just a couple of good ones. Uh, just because you don't know what that offense is going to look like, and you you definitely want to uh, minimize risk at least these first few rounds. And those are going to be some somewhat risky teams yep and uh so the uh the last thing i wanted to talk about was um two of the picks in the the first two round that i think have have a lot of upside the first player that you uh you talked about this team already having a week 13 by was teddy bridgewater getting taken in the uh, middle of the second round so teddy um is going to be playing the first 12 weeks um, he's surrounded by great receivers, and the Panthers' defense only got worse this offseason. So I think I think Teddy's going to be forced to chuck the ball a lot in the second half, so he should be getting anywhere from one to three um, passing touchdowns per game, which uh, will, will keep your team afloat. Um, and uh, the second player was Michael Thomas. Um, not, not so much a, a sleeper, but he was taken 17th overall. And with uh, over 1,700 yards last season and 149 catches, I think that was one of the the more safer picks to be taken towards the end of the first round there where Michael Thomas could, could probably save um, the team that, that drafted him in the in the first week. Is, was, were there any other players that stood out to you? Uh, no, I, I'll be honest and uh, say that I was considering taking – uh, Travis Kelsey at the number 20 overall pick and he was taken right before me and I'm the, I'm the tight end guy. So I thought, okay, well I'll take Kittle, um, cause there's just four more picks after me. And then he was taken right before me again. So I was very excited to see Zach Ertz come to me in the third. Um, but yeah, I think those were good picks and just a shout out to the league. We've got a lot of savvy players that, um, they didn't flinch when, when they realized that, uh, taking quarterbacks early is probably going to be really beneficial. So I think we where did we see Sa- Saquon drop to? Was he the number eight pick? Was, was uh, that he, as far he, as he was went? the number eight? Yeah. So I think I think CMC is the one player that's going to give you that uh, that edge every single week at uh, at running back. I guess you could make the argument for Saquon too, uh, but just what we saw CMC do last year. He's still an Iron Man. hasn't had any injuries yet. I think seeing where, where he went, um, if that was four or five, I think that's appropriate. And then seeing Saquon drop to eight. Uh, but there's, I, I really haven't seen any any far reaches or anybody making any uh, any crazy picks yet. So it's been, I think this is going to be a really competitive 
league and it's only going to get more competitive and cutthroat as there's there's no trades allowed. Um, so it's every man for themselves and they're going to have to manage their fab throughout the uh, the entirety of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, for our next show to, to talk about the um, upcoming rounds here because, like we said, the uh, the first two rounds, a lot of people, including ourselves, focused on, on getting those quarterbacks. So we, you could almost just call those the quarterback rounds. And then uh, from here on out, we'll see if, if people go zero RB, zero wide receiver, or uh, maybe uh, with you being the tight ends guy, um, who knows, maybe you're, you're going to end up drafting uh, two tight ends with your, your third and fourth round pick. So go, go, going back to you getting getting sniped in the first and second round on on Kelsey and, and Kittle, now that you know that uh, Zach Ertz was available to you in the third, are you glad that you missed out on them and, and went quarterback? Yeah, it, like I said, I think this year uh, Ertz has a really good chance of finishing as the tight end one. Uh, I, I still prefer the Kansas City offense and Kittle's opportunity more than Ertz. But I think Kittle and Ertz are pretty dang close in the, that they're going to lead their uh, team in targets. And the, the only difference is that uh, it, Ertz has done it multiple years, um, where I, I don't know if necessarily Kittle has. Um, and then he, Ertz, is, he's, just, he's just the go-to guy. And early on in the season, he's, he's going to be the only proven guy. Um, and that's not a team that runs the ball as much as the 49ers do. There's a chance the 49ers get up by two or three touchdowns in the first quarter of games and just run off the clock where, where Philly's likely going to be playing from behind and Ertz is going to be mopping up a lot of the uh, the checkdowns. So, yeah, Ertz, uh, Ertz yeah, has definitely been the, the third down guy in the uh, the red zone look for, for Carson Wentz. So I think – I, I think Ertz, uh, like you said, could, could definitely be the, the tight end one by the end of the season. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, any any regrets on your part? Uh, no, I think you just kind of have to close your eyes those first two rounds and click the uh, the, the quarterback button. So I, I was happy to, to get uh, Kirk Cousins in the second round. Now I can I can cheer on the, the hometown hero. Um, as he as he throws four maybe five touchdowns week one against the Packers. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the Vikings, then quick, we did see Dalvin go in the first round. So to the the team that drafted him, do you think there's any uh, necessity for them to reach on Madison? We we essentially we get six starters. Only one needs to be a running back. So if he took Madison. Um, I think the earliest you'd want to take your handcuff would be the seventh round. Do you think Madison drops outside the top 154 picks? I think uh, being in a league that has mostly people from Minnesota, I think Madison will get taken in the, the first four rounds. If he, if he made it into the sixth round, I'd be surprised. Um, I think, I think drafting your, your handcuff kind of limits you. So I, I don't think, um, the team that drafted Delvin will end up get, getting Madison. I, I think the Vikings get a, a deal done, and whoever reaches on Madison will end up regretting that. But that's uh, that's one thing I'm okay with being wrong about, and that's why I'm just staying away from Cook and Madison in this league. Yeah. Well, one last note on Delvin. Um, we're going to do a giveaway with some swag here the next year. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to submit your guess, you can send it to Tom at Air Raiders or to myself at Tight Ends Matter. If you want to guess what date 
Dalvin Cook signs his extension. If you get that date right, we'll send you a case of Bang Energy drinks and a case of the Smart Sweet candies. Uh, we're still trying to incorporate a, a healthy lifestyle, and there's nothing more healthy than waking up and drinking 300 milligrams of caffeine uh, to start your day. So uh, we'd love to help get you going every day. So uh, send us your guess on when you think Dalvin Cook um, signs with the Vikings. Did you get that right? We'll, we'll hook you up with some some good supplements. You got anything else, Tom, uh, before we get out of here? Well, I, guess, I guess since we're uh, right around the 30-minute the mark, since we haven't uh... – talked about or or uh, working out yet I, I know a lot of the listeners are, are looking for that that arm day or, or new routine are you still doing your push-up program yeah i actually i finished that program so i got up to uh, 200 push-ups a day and uh, so i'm taking it easy here the next few weeks um, enjoyed a 90 minute massage yesterday for father's day uh, but just taking it easy on the shoulders a little bit but yeah i hope uh, everybody that's um, stuck inside. I hope you're still finding workouts you can do at home. And I know that the gyms are just starting to open up. So you got it. Uh, any workout tips, Tom? Um, well, I, w- I was one of the fortunate ones being at the fire department. Our, our gym was not closed. So I, uh, I, I went back to the, the five sets of five reps plan and I was able to get my, my, uh, bench up to uh, three Oh five. Um, and I think this fall, once I pick it back up, I'm going to try to go for a new PR and uh, put up 315. I, I, I've always dreamed of being able to bench uh, three plates on uh, on both sides. So um, right now, now that it's summertime, and I'm going to be go, getting out on the boat this summer. Uh, it's time to time to cut. So I put on a, a little bit of weight during the the uh, the coronavirus time. So I gotta gotta get shredded now. Now that it's going to be um, boat season. All right. Well, let's uh, use the next few weeks to put together a couple of uh, different options for programs, and we can do that along with our listeners. So, until then, you wanna you wanna get us out of here? That's right. Until next week, keep it flexy.